2: Kevin Fishbane, Bears beat writer for The Athletic.
3: If Justin Fields is great, he'll be great with Byron Pringle and Darnell Mooney, and equate him with St. Brown. You'd like better players around him, but I think you'll still be able to find a way to evaluate your quarterback, even if it's not greatness around him. Kevin Fishbane talking Bears. Matt Eberflew, George McCaskey, Ryan Poles, Kevin Fishbane. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
2: Ted, Kevin Warren of that list now. Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic. Joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. And I think I said it yesterday that it's because of the big picture movement for the Chicago Bears right now, getting the number one overall pick and now hiring is so improbably hiring someone like this for all the right reasons. I haven't had this level of big picture optimism for the bears in, in, in a very, very long time. Is it warranted?
3: Uh, I think so. Uh, is it Kevin warranted? Whoa,
2: hey, look at
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy Friday boys. Um, it, uh, yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's funny too. Cause it's like so bears that you can feel this kind of optimism, the most optimism you felt in a long time, coming off a three and 14 season that had a 10 game losing streak. Um, but that's, I mean, also that's how you build rosters. That's how you build football teams. is sometimes you have to hit the bottom reset and have the type of cap resources, have the type of draft capital. And then you get someone like Kevin Warren to oversee everything. Um, so yeah, you feel good about the, the team going in the right direction. Uh, now Ryan Poles has to draft the right guys. And Kevin Warren has to kind of hit the right buttons as as he, what I would imagine, kind of take a look and maybe overhaul this thing and, and build the right stadium and, and do all the things that you want a good team president to do. I've been talking about this in
4: terms of the last 12 months. For someone who's there at Hallis Hall, damn near every day that they are open, what's it been like to watch this
3: 12-month transformation? Wow, it's a great question, Lawrence. I mean... <laughs> I was just thinking back to a year ago, we're on that Zoom with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And it was another firing. And then a week or actually it was a few weeks later, we're back in the the Muggsy auditorium for, you know, another new GM and another new head coach. And to think that we're going to be in that auditorium on Tuesday for something that's just more positive um, and not necessarily the whole starting over kind of thing, it says a lot. I mean, it's it's really wild to think that in one year, I mean, you just look at the roster, right? I mean, the roster is the first thing you look at, how many guys are gone. Uh, the coaching staff, totally new. The personnel staff, pretty much all new. And then I imagine Kevin Warren's going to make a lot of changes in the building. Uh, so, yeah, it's been really really kind of odd to, to watch this thing go because, you know, as I've joked with you guys before, I've only covered this team for a decade and I've already gone through, you know, three coaching searches. Um, but this one feels, you know, this whole thing felt different because it was just such a we are starting over. And then Kevin Warren is just like just the, the big part of it, right? Like the big part is not just the football thing. It's the whole business operation is totally getting fresh eyes on it for the first time in so long. It's it's just so non-bears like that's mm-hmm. kind of
4: the like we're still I, I I think in shock because of how non-bears it is. So from what you've been able to figure out and people that you've talked to, what were the things that put Kevin Warren's candidacy over the top from other people that were on the list?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you guys have all saw and, and, and heard about the resume. You all you had to do was look at that and, and realize this was somebody incredibly qualified. Um, You know, talking to some people, uh, a phrase I kept hearing was forward thinker, which, as I said that and wrote it earlier, I realized I think someone told me the same thing about Ryan Pace. Um, So but different guy, different situation. Uh, And and that's what you kind of need for this situation. Like you need someone to come in to an organization that's family run and has had the same president for a long time and has done a lot of things the same way for a long time. And he's got to shake things up. And look, Ryan Poles came in and shook things up as GM, and he made a bunch of changes. And, you know, to Ryan Pace's credit, he came in and, and helped usher in a brand new Hallis Hall. So, you know, there, you kind of build your way to this moment. But I think with Kevin Warren, the relationships he has with a lot of people, um, not just in football, but in sports, right? And, and just the way that he can view this thing. Um, he's, he's, he's a bigwig, guys. I mean, this is a like somebody who has reached the, the top of his profession in college sports in terms of being a big-time commissioner. And now to be president and CEO of a charter franchise, uh, I, I just think that he seems like somebody that would have blown away George McCaskey in an interview setting. Um, he seems like somebody that is going to uh, come in the building and immediately just energize everybody from, from people I've spoken to who have worked with him in the Big Ten, people who knew him from his time in Minnesota. Um, it, it's, it's really all positive. Uh, and, and again, as you said, Lawrence, you don't necessarily get that with somebody that the bears hire for an important position.
2: The first thing that we talked about when this hire was made was just the, the number of people in that building who are going to be asked, who are you and what do you do here? As he radically reimagines the efficiency of their business and not just like a from a private equity Alden Capital slash and burn situation, but where then do I have to spend? Where do I have to add? Are, Are our resources allotted correctly? I read in Dan Wieterer's piece the term dead wood, the idea that people who have been in duck-and-cover mode are going to be heading for the hills. And I'm just wondering, where in the organization are we talking about? Are, is there an area of their business that has more of those people than others?
3: Well, some of that's probably in the locker room, but that's more of a Ryan Pulse right. situation. Yeah, but I, I know what you're saying, Dan. Um, you know, I, I I don't even know where to begin. Right. Like like the thing about that I've learned about the Bears is yes, the product in the field has not been what it needs to be. But Super Bowl organizations are Super Bowl organizations top down. From the very from the owner to, you know, the the, the people who are, you know, working jobs in the building that you just don't know about. And, you know, I don't want to like label a certain department or anything that that needs to be done. But, you know, if you've been to Bears games, if you follow this team, if you see different things that the Bears do, there are some things they're really good at and some things that they're not. And... You know, like, I think that they're really good in the community. And uh, I think if depending on who you talk to, you'll get different stories on how they are with their alums. Um, you'll get different stories about how they are with their suites and their marketing and their PR and on and on. I think when you look at Kevin Warren, he comes from the Vikings in terms of the the, the NFL team I was with for a long time. Yes, the NFL, it, the Minnesota Vikings have a long Super Bowl drought. But the Vikings have been a much uh, much closer to the Super Bowl over the years than the Bears have. But also, more importantly, when I'm in U.S. Bank Stadium, it's just a totally different operation. It's a totally different franchise when you see what they do there. I remember taking tours of it when they were building it and just being in awe, and not just of the building itself, but the people there, mm. the people that were... I mean, the fact that the Vikings reached out to a few Bears riders and said, hey, do you guys want to take a tour of our new stadium that we're being that it's being built right now like i just couldn't believe they were even even thought to do that and a few of us i think it was rich campbell dan weeder um adam Hogue, jeff dickerson and i we had our construction hats on and we took a tour the next year they emailed us and said hey guys um if you come an hour early we'll show you the, all the new cool things at us bank stadium great. Like it just, again, It it's so proud but of it. Yes. And, and they, and just to have the thought to like, Hey, we want to show you this and we're happy to take time out of our own Sunday morning uh, to do this. It's, it, it was a, it's a first class organization every time I've dealt with the Vikings. Um, and, and it gives you a sense of what Kevin Warren knows that works. And some of the things that he could do when he comes to Chicago, Shoot, he, he's in Chicago when he comes to house hall,
4: Dan and I are both old bears reporters we, we still have a lot of sources, but, we're old. We're not up there every day. You're a person who is up there every day. I'm curious because I'm sure people have gotten tired of me talking about it from my experience. How bad has have things gone between the Bears and the city of Chicago over the last 18 months?
3: I, I assume you're talking about the stadium stuff, yeah. Lawrence? Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I got that email at 5 a.m. on Sunday. From the group that was pointing out the video of, of the reimagined soldier field. You guys saw that, I, I assume. Yes, we we yes. did see that fantasy you know, land video. How many Bears beat writers posted that video or said anything about it? I, I think zero. You're not. Like, we many. all got it. We all saw what it was and we all ignored it because that's like, like I just don't think the Bears even care. And then like those of us like that are in the building that are talking to these people that have seen. You know, I was at Hersey High School in the fall listening to George McCaskey and Ted Phillips and and, and, and seeing their their views for Arlington Heights. Like these guys have moved on. And I, I don't even think it's an animosity is so much as as a like we're you can keep, you know, it's like you can keep texting me. That's great. I'll acknowledge it. Maybe I'll give it a thumbs up. Like, cool idea. But like I'm just not interested. Um, so, again, I, I don't know if it's like a how much is love lost sort of situation as it is that the Bears have just moved on like I, I just when I saw that I didn't even I don't even think I bothered looking at the whole video in all due respect to the people that worked on it you know like it's to me it's just that the Bears are all set and and I can't fathom what would possibly have to happen for them to be staying in Chicago in the long term
2: well, I do think that Chris Jones of the Tribune's editorial board did the best job just kneecapping that whole thing. It's awesome. And, 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 and pointing out, like, if, if it were really this railroad and that railroad depot, what it would mean that this station would have been closed and these tracks would have been rerouted. These
4: things don't exist!
2: <laughs> don't exist, can't exist, won't exist, and even if they did, it wouldn't be what you wanted for this kind of development anyway. Like, okay, done with this, thank you.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I'm telling you guys, when I went to Arlington Heights that night, I it was so apparent and obvious, like where this thing is going. I mean, it's just like, and they've said it too. Like they've put out statements that say our focus right now, when it comes to new stadium, is Arlington Heights, and and that's just where they're at. I mean, look, you put together the you know when you talk about local government in Chicago. And then the way the Chicago Bears have operated over the past however many years, you, you, it's hard to find two organizations that uh, could work less well together <laughs> you know, than those two. And so it's not surprising. Uh, and now they've got a guy in Kevin Warren that they could feel really good about being the one that spearheads this whole thing.
4: What are the fair criticisms of Justin
3: Fields' first full year as a starter? Well, I, I think he still has to grow as a passer. I think we've talked about the layups. And that was something I think improved in that post mini buy. You know, quick slants, he was hitting on a much higher rate. But, like, some of these, you know, trying to get to the flat, um, you know, too inaccurate there, I think, at times. Um, you know, still probably holding onto the ball too long. And there's reasons for that, right? You know, he's got a bad offensive line. He doesn't have receivers who are open. Um, but he can stand to get rid of the ball quicker, and, and that comes into – reading defenses. And, and I think he acknowledged, too, the Detroit game was almost a just total cluster in terms of he ended up doing things that he wants to stop doing, like that that time when he got strip-sacked. That's something he was hoping was kind of out of his repertoire of, of sorts. So I, I think you want to see him improve. Like, you, I, I ran the numbers, you know, we talked so much about that post mini buy and, and I think he really did play at a high level. But even when you compare those numbers to the rest of the league, it's not like... You know, Outside of running the football, even his passing still, I think at best, was there were certain things that were 10th best in, in football during that stretch. And again, not just him. You, you look at who he's working with. But I, I just think that you know he's not going to be running for 1,000 yards every year. So if he's going to be throwing the ball 30, 35 times, even 40 times a game, how can that accuracy improve? What can he do to make that better? And part of that is reading the defenses better. Part of that is having more time. And Part of that is having just better guys who are going to be open more often. And so I, I'm just so intrigued to see what it's going to look like. And I've, I've probably told you guys this before. I think a lot about Tua and what Miami did last off season. Like there were a lot of questions in Miami about Tua heading into the season. Um, and look, the bears aren't going to find a Tyreek Hill. They're not going to find a Jalen Waddle. They're not going to find a Teron Armstead. Why not? Um, Why
2: can't they find all of them?
3: Well, it'd be not. I mean, look, the, 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 the X factor in this whole offseason is can you trade for that number one wide receiver? Like, can you find a disgruntled guy who's going to come, who wants to come to Chicago and can change it? And, and if they can do that, then then you can start talking. I just don't, that, those guys aren't in free and see, and as of now, we don't know if those guys are available via trade. The guys who were supposed to be the ones available all signed contract extensions last July. Um, but Miami found those guys, and we saw the impact it made on Tua. So I, you know, we saw what, what Philly did it with Jalen Hurts, same question about him. We saw what it did for him. So I want to see what the Bears can do and then how that matches up with what Justin Fields himself does to elevate his game.
2: Kevin Fishbane, always appreciate it, man. Thanks.
3: All right, take care, guys.
2: That's Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic. We are looking forward to having a conversation with Cubs third baseman Patrick Wisdom in just a couple of moments here on Sports Radio 670, the Bernstein and Holmes show on The Score.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the
5: mark of a fighter.
1: Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
5: Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score, the score, 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 score. and 670thescore.com, In Odyssey Station. station. Always works from the stretch. Here's a high fly ball. Deep left center. Get out the tape. Measure long gone. This ball game is tied two to two. Patrick Wisdom.
4: It's indicative of, of his numbers, right? There's just everything has gone back up, hitting the ball hard, taking his walks. Um, looks like his timing is there, you know, doing a really nice job in the box for us. Put him at DH, seems to have handled that a lot uh, with Fonzie. It's nice to see Fonzie get a knock there at the end. Um, but Frank's done a really nice job.
2: You can't argue with the numbers of Patrick Wisdom over the last couple of years. My math may not be great, but I think that is 53 home runs and... That is correct. And a WRC Plus, uh, 117, and then 104, a big, strong man doing big, strong man things. And joining us now on the SCORE Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book.
6: Patrick, how are you? Hey, what's going on? I'm a little cold, I'll be honest. It's a, a little colder than I thought here in Chicago, but uh, what a good, uh, good event to come to and a uh, good reason to be in Chicago right now.
4: Is this your first Cubs convention?
6: It is my first Cubs convention. Uh, you know, I know they haven't had it in the last few years, um, but, you know, all the guys have been raving about it and, uh, you know, talking it up. so uh, I'm super excited. I have my wife in town with me, so, you know, we're ready for a good time, and I know it's uh, going to be nothing less than that. So
2: are you, have you been told for sure that going into this season you are penciled in, slotted in as the starting third baseman?
6: Um, I, you know, I, I, don't think I received that, that text message or email, you know, coming across my desk, but, um, I believe that I believe, you know, in myself and, um, you know, I just, I believe in my abilities and, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be there opening day at third base. Um, you know, but in terms of, you know, it being set in stone and, you know, Roxy calling me like, Hey, this is it. Um, that hasn't happened, but, um, you know, we'll go to spring training and work my tail off and uh, be ready for opening day.
4: How do you think you've improved as a ball player over the last three seasons?
6: Yeah, great question. I think, you know, uh, more, more experience, you know, more time, more innings played, um, you know, at this level definitely helps. Um, you start learning the ins and outs. You start learning, uh, you know, who you are as a ball player, who you are as a person, um, how to handle things, how to not handle things. Um, you know, so, you know, with more time, you know, comes wisdom, and you know, all that, all that jazz. And you just learn from the experience and those innings played. Um, so, just all in all, I think you know, the experience alone uh, has helped me uh, drastically.
2: After just 32 games in St. Louis and nine games in Texas, you have established yourself as a major league baseball player at the age of 31. And I know a lot of guys have come through these doors after the Cubs decided that they were going to take some time to, to sort some things out before it was time to contend. But the fact is, the owner was on this very station this morning saying the expectations are to go after a division championship and make the playoffs this year you kind of survived the fallow period and you've emerged as part of this now and part of a team that is now committed to contending that in itself has to be very satisfying
6: oh no doubt no doubt um you know and that's you know always the expectations uh you know that i hold to myself and um you know every team i'm on i want to win i want to be great um you know we want to be every team we come across um so you know to and like you said, to be a part of, you know, I was there when they traded everybody away. And, you know, you guys can call it whatever everyone likes to call it, rebuilding, revamping, whatever it may be. I don't even know. But, you know, I'm there to play ball. I'm there to win. I'm, I'm there to, you know, drive in runs and, and play good defense. And so um, I'm still I'm super excited to be a part of the squad still and, uh, you know, go out there with my teammates. I know we have a lot of great additions this, this offseason. Um, you know, I'm just super excited to get on the field with them. I've been able to see a few of the guys here now that we're all in town, you know. But just I think once we get on the field and we're throwing that that white pearl around and and driving each other in and um, having fun, I think it's going to all come together and we're gonna we're gonna do some great things.
4: The last seventy games last year, you guys were thirty nine and thirty one. What did you take away from that experience of like you know you had been losing games for the, the the previous season and a half, and then things started to really click once you got into the second half of last season.
6: Yeah, great point. Um, you know, I felt like we we played really good baseball the second half. Um, I, I feel like we started to really gel as a team and as a unit. And, um, you know, we played a lot of good teams. Uh, and, you know, we beat a lot of good teams. And we, we were in a lot of games. I think, you know, we led the league in, like, you know, one run or two run ball games. Um, you know, I think that that should go a long ways and, you know, show the team and the guys that are on the team still, like, hey, we can compete with, you know, a lot of good teams, and, you know, we can be right there. We're right in it. It's just, you know, a matter of a couple outs here and there, a couple pitches here and there, um, you know, a couple maybe at-bats that we threw away in certain situations that, um, you know, we can fix and iron out. And, um, you know, I think we'll be on the, on the right side of the coin, um, you know, in the future.
2: Have you in the hitting infrastructure talked about, at any point, making an effort to curtail the strikeouts, or is that just part of your game? The percentages are what they are, and sometimes you look at a hitter and you say, different hitters make their outs in different ways, and the stigma against the strikeout that used to exist doesn't exist like it used to. Does it matter, or is that just come with the power and everything else?
6: I mean, yeah, I think that answer is kind of twofold in the sense that, yeah, it's it's always that, like, storm cloud, you know, hanging around me, if you will, and, you know, everyone, you know, likes to mention it and talk about it, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to use it as a crutch, like, oh, well, I have power, so, you know, it's okay, and, you know, I I personally don't like it, I you know, I'd rather, you know, hit the ball, obviously, that's all what we want to do, you know, but like you said, you kind of alluded to it, an out's and out, and, you know, if I'm you know, leading off the inning or there's nobody on and, you know, I strike out like, all right, what? it's an out, you know. But I think those ones that really kind of urge me and, and get my blood boiling are the ones, you know, with runners in scoring position or runners on and, you know, I, I don't come through. Um, those are the kind of the ones that I really want to fix. Um, you know, the other ones, it's, it's going to happen. as part of the game. It's, you know, it's been around me. Um, so, you know, I just – I don't focus on it. I try to focus on, you know, the good things that I do and, um, you know – and, you know, trying to walk more, seeing a lot of pitches, uh, you know, and I think it kind of comes full circle to what I said earlier. It's just more experience. You get better at it. You start understanding what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, the pitches I handle well, the pitches I don't handle well. Um, so, um, you know, we're, we're ironing out and, like I said, just trying to, you know, reduce them, and, but, you know, we don't want to lose the, lose the power in the meantime.
4: Patrick, how does your life change with the new rules against shifting?
6: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see, you know, here in spring training and uh, during the season. Um, you know, it was kind of funky when I look up and I see, like, the whole infield, like, on the left side of second base. And, uh, or, you know, when you're playing defense and there's lefties up and I'm, like, over standing behind second base or, you know, in the shortstop position. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to put us all back in our normal positions and, and see how the game
2: goes. You are part of a panel that is always one of the most fun at these things. It is the kids only press conference. It's tomorrow from 3 to 4 p.m. in the main Sheraton ballroom. It also has uh, Albert Alzali, Brad Boxberger, Brandon Hughes, Christopher Morell, and Justin Steele. And you're the perfect guy for this because I was reading (laughs) at at MLB.com that your oldest daughter, Molly, is old enough now to be recognizing who your teammates are, knowing the game a little bit, knowing when you're up. So I'm wondering what, from your experience with your own daughters, is going to inform your performance on this panel?
6: Yeah, I'm super excited about the the kids-only press conference. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, You know, yeah, I I definitely think I have a hand up because, you know, I'm I'm used to interacting with my daughter and, um, you know, getting on their level and understanding what they're saying and, you know, kind of bringing, you know, Bringing out their questions, bringing out their confidence, and talking, and you know, kind of reducing that little shyness that they may have. Um, you know, on that kind of stage, you know, they got all the sitting there and in, in, in the big platforms. So I think, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to go really well. I'm just, I'm just super, uh, super pumped to you know hear what the kids have to say, and I'm ready for any and all kinds of questions. I think it's going to be a really good time, and um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they were they picked me to to MC it.
4: I think it's going to be a dope thing. Patrick, what have people told you and what do you know about Dansby Swanson?
6: Um, so they told me that he's a great competitor. Uh, he's a winner. Um, he holds people to a high standard. Um, all around great dude. And then I was able to chat with him a little bit right after he signed. Uh, he gave me a call, which I found was super cool. Um, and, you know, just putting himself out there. Kind of getting that break the ice introductory uh, over with. And then so that way when we we see each other, it's just, you know, just another day and we're, we go about our business and work alongside each other. Um, you know, so I was able to see him today at the field and, uh, you know, say what's up. And, uh, but I know he's a winner. I know he's going to do great things.
2: Yeah, you got to look at that head of hair every day too. You know, we're yeah. talking to Ian Happ about it, and he he finds that intimidating. Now we're getting like uh, there there could be a Cubs calendar. In yeah, the I mean, I mean Patrick, point.
4: who's winning the infield handsome <laughs> contest now? Like, I mean, because this it's a real uh, contest I know. now.
6: Yeah, they, they threw him in the mix, and now I think my chances go down a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking, but yeah, that hair that hair is th- uh, something else. And uh, like you said, the calendar. Yeah, who needs the fireman calendar? They can. They can put out a Cubs calendar. I think it'd be just fine.
2: Yeah, the only—I I think you will have an advantage <laughs> if, if you make sure there's a dancing portion to any pageant that you're involved in. Because I don't think anybody's going to win a dance off against you.
6: Yeah, you know, i, I, I definitely think myself highly uh, when it comes to dances. You put on a good beat and a good song uh, from any era. You know, I'm down to down to move my feet and, and get down on the dance floor. That's for sure.
2: Patrick have fun enjoy good luck with the kids tomorrow because they're gonna they're gonna have some curveballs for you I'm sure so thanks for joining us today yeah
6: for sure yeah thank you so much for having me um and like uh, I don't know if you guys are gonna plug it but there's uh I have another signing tomorrow night after the Cubs con it's at the Lowe's hotel so right next door oh great uh, you can get like a, a game replica bat um I'll sign it right there in person for you take a photo uh, there's only like 30 spots left so they're going quick um but yeah, you can uh, you can come meet me and say what's up and get a bat. Right so on, man. Sure you, yeah, you go to yeah you go to Homewood homewoodbatcom dot slash Patrick Wisdom. Uh, Homewood Bat, the people that make my bats here, they're a local local company out of Chicago. Um, they're putting it on for me, and so it's gonna be a good time. There's gonna be some other players, I think, trickling in. So um, yeah, have you gone? Go to, have you gone so to the factory? About. Yep, I went. Uh, I went uh, in 21. Uh, I didn't get a chance last year, but uh, the season before I got out. Yeah, he showed me how to like the bats are made. I got to pick out you know my own lumber, and uh, it's on my Instagram. It was pretty cool. Yeah, really those cool.
4: those guys do a lot of great work. I love the guys over at Homewood Bat. They really, and I'm glad that they're getting a, a good foothold with major league players because they do uh, produce really awesome bats.
6: Oh, for sure. Yeah, we got a couple guys that swing them, and I know people around the league too. They love them.
4: Thanks, Patrick. Man.
6: Have a great it, weekend. Hey, yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's fun chatting.
4: Agreed.
2: As Patrick Wisdom, third baseman for your Chicago Cubs. And you know, when 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 kids get to ask questions of big leaguers, I I remember being a kid at a Cub game, and they used to have players before the game sign autographs at a table. It was like a card table that was set up on the concourse at Wrigley, and you could just kind of walk up, and they would, and I and I had my glove with me, and I remember. Mike Kruko was a Cubs pitcher. I think a longtime Giants broadcaster, right? And Mike Kruko not only signed my glove, and I asked him, I, I think it was something about you know a pitch grip or something like that. And he, I, I'll never forget him saying to me, "He said that's a really good question," and it just meant so much to me to hear him say that. You know, you you never ever ever forget interactions like that. You know, player there in uniform. And you're you're talking to them, and you realize that they're that that's they're just larger than life. I mean, that's a
4: big league baseball player, right? You know, and just sort of sitting there. I love yeah. these just because of you know I, we know how to interview, but sometimes like, the innocent question that is asked by a child can elicit a response that you never would have thought of, mm-hmm. like a, a line of questioning that you never would have thought of. So I love when they do some it of this. It goes stuff. back
2: to Art Linkletter. I mean, the kids say the darndest things true. and all that stuff because they don't. They their their minds are unburdened with all of these self imposed filtration systems. Yes. That we put on ourselves.
4: Yeah, so well, good for Patrick. I'm glad. That I love the Homewood Bat. Like I, I would highly recommend anyone. It's right off Ridge in Homewood. They're really, really good at it, and it's. It's you know I'm a big fan of the Louisville Slugger Factory. I think that's a sports trip. Louisville, yeah, I want to go there. I want to go there because the Muhammad Ali. It's awesome. It's right, right. right? It's great, and the Muhammad Ali Museum is like right across the street, so it's a perfect like sports trip. But the Homewood Bat Factory, like if if you're in in on South Side South Burrs, man, you got to check that place out. It's dope. When we come back, you got to hear, Al Michaels has been.
2: Pretty unvarnished when it comes to talking about some of the NFL NFL assignments that he's had this year and the quality of the games, and he's
4: at it again. Oh, great. I like it. Let's do this next here on The Score.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
5: Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. You know, I'm only half kidding. But sometimes a game can be, at least at this point, so bad it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. Okay. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> you know no, I'm, I'm not feeling that. Just no, no. over here. You okay. know, the, the game is like sort of bad. It's yeah. not. It's, not, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a game will break out here. Second down and ten. Yeah, Herb Street wasn't going
2: there. Nor was he the time when. Michael's quipped, like, this is the fifth game on CBS or something like that. Like, he has been very outspoken when the games have been bad. And he was recently on with our guy Richard Deitch on his sports media
4: podcast, and that
2: was a subject of their conversation.
4: Do you hear from management ever at all? I would hope you don't, but I do want to ask. Like, do they ever say, I'll, like, take it down a little bit here.
5: I've had, from the Amazon people... Nothing but support. Nice. I think they understood what this was. Uh, We're making the most of it. I mean, you just can't oversell something. I mean, you can't take this. This is like, as I said to somebody, what did you want me to do? Somebody said, well, you know, you you needed to make more of that. Nobody inside the business, but a friend of mine, you know, shouldn't you been more. excited? I said, yeah, do you want me to sell you a 20 year old Mazda? That's what you're asking me to do. I can't I can't sell you a used car. I'm not a used car salesman. So but for the most part, the Amazon people were terrific. Fred's known me. Fred and I have done, God, knows, 500 games together. So it was a little different. But I've, I've kind of gone down that road a little bit in, in games that have been bad in the past. But not that. But that game was that game was like horrifically bad. So what was, what were you supposed to do at that point? And, and away I went. Type of game you'd like to have in the fifth regional on
4: CBS on Sunday. I give him a lot of credit because I, I think that there does need to be more honesty when it comes to game broadcast. I do think that there are really good broadcasters that find the excitement inside of a game, even if the game is bad. Some that work a little too hard for it. There are some that work way too hard for it. But at this point, this Al's a made man. So, I like the free. It's it's what's what's the Barry Rosner's rule about pants? Once you're at, you've reached
2: 70, 72, I think he says you don't have to wear pants anymore.
4: This is what this is. Al Michaels doesn't have to wear pants. He's seventy eight. He doesn't have to wear pants. He doesn't have to care. And he's still never eaten a vegetable. That's a uh, really interesting. He takes a pillow with him too, right? Isn't that like one of his things? Oh, that's
2: real in his con- Yeah, the in. The kind of pillows he has in the hotels and the sh- apparently the shape of the soaps.
4: I got to ask him about that one
2: day. That app- That is, I am told, at least was, I don't know if it's his current contract, but there was a contract that did have that kind of stuff in it.
4: But yeah, don't we all want to be at that point where it's like, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. You going to fire me? Because you're not going to fire Al. Al's going to retire when he wants to retire. And if he's out here spitting truth, I'm here for it. We thank him for that. We thank the Richard Deitch podcast. Really good episode, by the way, of Deitch's podcast with uh, Malika and Kendra Andrews. I, I I highly recommend that episode. Very interesting. So anyway, there's my endorsement. By,
2: by the way, with what we mentioned before about the the escaped leopard, the Dallas Zoo the the leopard now has its own Twitter account. Of course, it does. It's at DFW Leopard. <laughs> Cloud leopard. <laughs> this is uh, Wendy, one college kid with a net isn't gonna get the job done. Try harder. I will end you. <laughs> See he is dangerous. Code blue. I just code blue by you out of the way the f out of here. Damn right. This is your fault, Wendy. You suck at zookeeping. <laughs> Don't eat the burgers at the Dallas Zoo. It's, oh no It's penguin meat.
4: Soil it green is people. It's peep tell it's people.
2: I'm looking for a safe house. Non-dangerous, my ass. F you Wendy, you promised me an early lunch. F this, I just bounced. That's right. <laughs>
4: How'd you find that, Dan? It's a texter said so it to just hit me to it. <laughs> That's so great. Good. Parkins and Spiegel are at Cubs convention. They're going to talk with us from Cubs convention next here on the score. We really need
1: new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. Better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade in when you switch. Mm-hmm